No, I don't want that. There you go. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that's where that's where I am in the UK. I'm just in Cornwall. You mm -hmm. should Google it. It's absolutely beautiful. So in uh, so where I am from Cornwall, you look a little bit Mexican or something like that. Are you? I am so a, we, lot, a lot of Mexican. <laughs> so we have a man in my town called Richard Trevithick. Um, mm -hmm. He's long dead now, but he was alive in the 1800s. And he invented, first of all, he invented the steam engine, which later became the train and the car. Mm. And he's just a working class boy. He worked, his, his dad ran the uh, school of mines down the road. And he... Um, also invent before that he invented this massive like steam pump it was like a jet spray you know like a car shed jet spray you know yeah. like to clean your driveway but absolutely fucking enormous huge mm -hmm. and so these boys from Camborne and red roof which is where i'm from they took this enormous piece of machinery on a boat from falmouth which is the largest natural dock in the world to the south coast of mexico and um it took them a year to get there it was a nightmare they all got malaria half of them died of malaria and then just as they reached the shore of mexico the ship sank and oh, yeah and but they still managed to get ashore they had like wives and dogs and the priests and everything with the kids and everything they managed to get to the shore of mexico then they um managed to somehow get the machinery from off the shipwreck and they were told there was going to be like transport and everything there wasn't it was just a dirt track there's no donkeys or anything somehow they managed to get the pump to um a place called rio somewhere hang on um did you grow up in mexico you're american mexican I'm American Mexican. I no, I I don't know. I know like enough Spanish to uh, watch Dora Door the Explorer. You know, can I have a pint of beer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. J just so they enough. ended up in a place called Real de Monte in okay. Mexico, and um, they used their pump. There was nothing there when they got there. The whole place had been abandoned, and they used their pump, and they got all of the mines working, and they managed to mine hundreds of tons of silver and as a result of these boys from Camborne and red roof which is a tiny little village in the arsehole of nowhere in cornwall they managed to totally change the entire economic economic landscape <coughs> of the whole of mexico <coughs> and the first time in mexico's history they were financially independent ever Mm. And they were able to, like, fight the people that had, you know, infiltrated America. And it, it, and so if it wasn't for these young lads from Camborne and Red Reef, there wouldn't be no Mexico today. And they were <laughs> called the Cousin Jacks. And it, uh, so the miners from Camborne were called Cousin Jacks. And they brought pasties to Mexico. So now those pasties, it's so what you think of, uh, like, these, like, folded in half, pastry things with meat in the middle meat yeah. and potatoes that's cornish that's because the court we brought football to mexico we brought boxing to mexico oh geez you brought mm. all of the staples there. So there's a 
big connection between you and I, between Mexico and Campbell. <laughs> no, the I boxing think... story is really cool, and it was pointed out to me, a friend of mine, great big black mm. guy, and uh, he's really, really cool. And he is he writes about boxings from Birmingham. And he found this uh, archive of these two boys that went round Mexico, and they were one one was a great big black guy, and one was a Cornish boy, great big huge guy, and they used to go from town to town in Mexico, pretending they didn't know each other, and just start a fight in the local saloon, <laughs> and then everybody would put money, and they'd go, oh, you know, they bet on who was going to win, not knowing they knew each other. The whole thing was staged. It was like the first WWF. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fix. Yeah, it was a total fix. And yeah. that's what brought boxing to Mexico. I'm sure they were punching each other before that. Men are going to be men. But boxing <laughs> as a sport and football as a sport was brought to Mexico and mining by the Cornish. So it was a massive, oh. um, massive connection between you and I. That's interesting. I, I, I never knew that at all. And then for it to affect that so much how you said where it just changed the economical landscape Do you know the sad the thing is is there's a national day of celebration in mexico for the cornish and there's loads of little there's like people in so in cornwall we have like very we are a distinct ethnic minority in cornwall we're a specific ethnic group and we have our own language and a bit you know like the welsh and the mm -hmm. Scot, we have our literally our own language and everything, and our own names and stuff. Have you heard of Poldark, the TV show? No, I have not. Oh well, anyway, and so we have very distinct names in Cornwall, like Jethro and like Penberthy and stuff. Certain certain Row, Penberthy, things like that, and it's really funny because. In Mexico, in, the, in this certain area, in uh, Real de Monte, there are loads of um, Cornish Hispanic hybrids. Like you've got like Juan <laughs> Penberthy, or. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like news in the, in the uh, news archives. There's things like so the boys, the cousin Jacks, the miners that went out to Mexico after a couple of. Because Cornwall's poor. So they would come home and they'd have made loads of money from mining silver in Mexico. They'd been there a couple of years and they'd learned Spanish, but they still had strong accents like I've got. <laughs> so there's there's uh, news reports in the news archives, in the newspaper archives, that says that there's fights broke out in the local high street, which is tiny. You're talking proper villagey, like whatever you can imagine a British village to look like. That's what it looks like. Uh -huh. And fights broke out in the local pub because um, there was Cousin Jack's Cornish guys that had been in Mexico for two or three years speaking fluent Spanish but with a strong Cornish accent, wearing sombreros and uh, what the thing? <laughs> yeah, like a serape or something like, yeah. a, a like a poncho. Jeez. Like talking fluent Spanish, but in a really strong West Country British accent. Like, <laughs> Buenos dias, me answer. <laughs> 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 so, 
So that really made me laugh. So now I'm kind of writing a book about it. But they weren't all nice. Some of them were terrible. Some of them were a bit rapey and alcoholics mm. and stuff like that. So they weren't all good. And I'm going to be really honest about it. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be funny too. So tell me about you. No, I'm just a uh, run-of-the-mill Mexican. like to work. Or at least I, I used to, you know, be all about work. Uh, and just trying to make it through life. I, I know I hate my mother. I don't know if that's a Mexican. No, that's not typically a Mexican. You hate your mother. I do. I do. Oh, that's she, a shame. She's very into um, what what the, what we call, well, it's called witchcraft, but we call it like, uh, oh, what, what is, I can't even remember what we call it now. Bru brujeria, where it's. She she likes to uh, play with witchcraft and do all that. Is she like proper Mexican? Like proper, yeah. proper Mexican? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when did your family go to America then? I would say it was with my grandparents because they're from Mexico. And uh, they came, I don't know, I know my grandfather was in like World War II. Uh, he, he brought a Nazi flag with him. I'm hoping he brought that. <laughs> I was hoping that was that's not his personal, but I I have it here. It's just like well, a, a, Nazi a lot flag, of Nazis settled in South America, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, that's where they, they all fled. In fact, there's a big conspiracy theory that Hitler actually didn't die, and he ended up in South America, Cuba, I think. He uh, but he was kind of on the brink of death with all the disease and meth that he was taking no yeah he was taking a lot of drugs and you see it now with angela merkel and her hands shake she's the uh pm of of germany now you can see the same thing her hands shake and stuff i don't <laughs> know there is a lot of um but it, a lot of people don't realize like for the example the irish kind of sided with hitler and so well i i mean i'm not saying he was a good person. He didn't do the things right, but the ideas, I get them. <laughs> you know, like the whole yeah. idea of, of a perfect race. Yeah, okay. I if get you it. read Mein Kampf, it's very hard to distinguish the ideology behind Hitler from the ideology of absolutely probably about 80% of countries in, in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at when you look at countries like, like I was talking today about the Armenian genocide by the Young Turks, for example, when you look at the Ottoman Empire, when you look at most Muslim countries, basically their ideology is about a pure race and internal um, manufacturing and not being reliant on any other country. You know, this is the this is what I think people miss a lot out of when they I'm a, I I'm not a historian officially because I don't have a degree or anything like that but I love history books I read mm. history books constantly that's what I do that's what I write them I read them I'm obsessed with history I, I'm obsessed mainly with how things not what happened because most of us know that but how it started to happen and um there are, there is a lot of correlation between uh, the whole of South America 
all of the Muslim countries in North Africa, Saudi Arabia and everything, and the Hitler mentality. There, there is a lot of Nazism. And it's not necessarily, it's not, it's not about Jews necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, it's just about ethno-nationalism. We want our country for our own people. We want our own industry. We want our own production. We want, you know, and, and it was, I was watching a documentary the other day. It was really interesting. It's about these um, professors and they set up um, a load of fake PhDs and they had them published. And one of the fun, really funny things was they set up a PhD, an incredibly detailed paper to be published in like New Scientific or something like that for feminism. And they literally quoted Mein Kampf throughout the entire thing. <laughs> but they put it as if it was a, a paper about feminism. Uh-huh. And it got published all over the place. <laughs> because uh, and, and the funny thing was was that pe people so many people especially on the left don't realize that they have very strong nazi ideologies and they agree with nazi ideologies but they just don't realize that they're nazi ideologies and that i think is where we're at at the moment is too many people don't understand history at the moment and they've got no interest in finding out and the, the big i think the biggest problem since the mid-90s was getting everybody into the university because what happened in the universities they spent four years I don't know what the period of time is in America but in the UK if you do a degree it takes three and three years four years More like and you're told read this and then answer this you have to answer this in a certain way in order to pass and a lot of people, they will get a book that big and they'll only read two or three chapters of whatever they need to read to get through the exam or mm. to write the paper. There's no internal interest in them actually reading the whole fucking book. Like the amount of people that quote Malcolm X, for example, it's like, you, you never got to the end, did you? <laughs> you didn't read the end bit when he said... Actually, I went to Mecca and Muslims were all sorts of different colours because they were Caucasians. They were from the Caucasus and some were white with ginger hair and green eyes. And actually, belief and ideology and solidarity is more than just skin colour. And so I take back everything I said. My belief is Islam and I believe in Islam and I believe in Muhammad. And that has absolutely no relevance to skin colour. And I know this because I went to Mecca and everybody there was white. And um, and when he came back and said that, they shot him. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the problem. Everybody quotes Malcolm X because they might have seen the Denzel Washington film or they might have read a little bit of the book or seen a quote here and there. But they've never actually read the whole book. They've never actually read his entire biography or his conclusions that he came to. It's very frustrating. People have been deliberately made stupid, in my opinion. I don't know what it's like in America where you are, but you look at kids' programs and they're just so stupid. They're stupid. You know, you've got the Teletubbies in the UK or it's all, uh-uh, 
you know it's just stupid you're not <laughs> encouraging children to think or think out the box or challenge anything look at japanese children's programs or japanese children's films or south korean films and they're very challenging very complex storylines without any explanation they just get on with the story and they presume that the audience is intelligent enough to understand it you watch films like which is totally free on youtube films like grave of the fireflies which is about the japanese perspective of the just prior to the hiroshima bombs and mm -hmm. it's about a little boy who's about 10 years old and he's, his parents have been killed and he has to look after his little sister who's about four. So she's not much more than a baby. And it's based on a true story. And the story is it's so incredibly complex, so incredibly heartbreaking. I cried my fucking eyes out through the whole thing. But this is a kid's program in Japan. They trust <laughs> that their children can learn and understand and um partake in adult society was we in the west in america i've got friends in australia and canada and it's the same as the uk we're just dumbing down deliberately dumbing down i think our children like who gives a shit about some fat fucking <laughs> blob in a, a in a grassy mound going, uh-oh, who cares about that? <laughs> who cares about that? Nobody cares about that. not teaching my children anything. I, I know I've seen those. Uh, they have, like, the Japanese uh, or, the you know, the reality show where they send, like, a two-year-old down the street to go get groceries, and he's able to do that, like, by himself with a little flag and cross the... And now, uh, shoot, you, you can't even have your kid walk with you in a mall without having him on a leash you know like i know uh, and everybody's got this like autism excuse or my kids on the spectrum it's like no you're a shit parent and you can't be bothered to parent <laughs> and and it's really frustrating because i recently trained um to teach children uh be a teaching assistant for children with uh learning difficulties and those actual genuine children with Asperger's or autistic spectrum syndrome or ADHD when they're genuine it's really tough for them it is genuinely really tough for them what's caused it I don't know we could go down a rabbit hole of like vaccines and all sorts of stuff like that but the fact is there are genuine children with really severe autistic dis disorders and then you get I see it because my youngest is only eight and my eldest is 16. I see these parents. I know that they're lazy. I know they don't give a shit. I know that they don't spend any time with their children whatsoever. I know that they just spend the entire evening watching Emmerdale and Coronation Street and Real Housewives of New Jersey or some shit like that. And then they, they send their children into school and then, and, and then the children don't behave well because... Because their children have learned that unless I play up, unless I scream and shout, throw my toys out the pram, nobody's going to pay any attention to me. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. my mum sat there on her fat fucking ass watching shit on TV all night and doesn't pay me any attention unless I throw my toys out the pram. 
And then those parents go, well, I think my kid's got ADHD or they're on the spectrum or no, you're just a shit mum. You're just a really shit mum. And now you put your kid in a box that they are never going to get out of their whole life. And it's going to affect whether they marry someone. It's going to affect whether they have children. It's going to affect whether they get a mortgage. It's going to affect what job they have. All because you're a lazy fucking fat mum that just wants to watch shit on telly all evening. Mm -hmm. And these people really piss me off. And, and it really makes life hard for the parents of genuine autistic children that really struggle with really severe autistic diagnoses. In the UK, it's like a two-year wait list to have your child diagnosed for autism. And mm. so you can't get any help. You can't get any support. You can't get anything because it, the, the whole system is loaded up with lazy parents that can't be bothered to parent. It's fucking hard being a parent. I've been on my own for like six years now with three children and it's really fucking hard. And in that, and two of those years, it's taken up lockdown where I had to be the teacher. I've got dyscalculia, I've got dyslexia and I still had to teach them. But two of them, the youngest one's too young, but the two of them are gifted STEM students. I'm in one of the poorest towns in the whole of Europe. I'm in one of the poorest towns in the whole of Europe. I have literally hardly any money whatsoever. I have everything against me, yet two of my three children are gifted STEM students. So don't fucking give me any excuses. I'm not interested. It's mm -hmm. time. They need time. They need time and patience. They need your energy. They need your encouragement. And if you're going to sit there and watch Emmerdale all evening, then you're going to have thick, fat kids that can't be bothered to fucking do anything and don't know the rules. Sorry, I went off on one. <laughs> no, no, but but it, it's the doctors too, right? That like you, the kids are being taken to there, and they're like, you know what? You're right. They're acting up. They must be like this or like that. Like, because the doctor's not just saying no. You're just not a good parent. Like the truth, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's the the doctors too nowadays that are just freely saying, oh, he can't sit still. Let's give he him must be have, he must have ADHD then. Is he's not just a little boy? Yeah, that's full of energy and it, it, increasing amounts of testosterone, and that uh, he has a you know five hundred thousand years worth of evolution in his veins. <laughs> that's telling him he needs to build stuff or create stuff or climb stuff or hit stuff with sticks. Hunt. It's not that. Yeah. <laughs> he must have ADHD. Let's give get him on drugs. It's worse in America because you, you've got insurance companies that pay for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a big uh, is it Ritalin or something like that? That like or, Adder Adderall, loads. Ritalin. Yeah, it's it, it's just boy behavior. Mm -hmm. Boys just want to go out and hit stuff and kill things and punch things and because that's nature. Mm -hmm. That's nature. Yeah. Why are you like? Uh, yeah, we we don't ha seem to have any appreciation of nature. And same with the whole tranny thing. Trans this, trans that, trans this, trans that. It's like, it's so boring to be straight and um, know that you're a female, isn't it? Or know that you're a boy. It's, and if you're a boy, then you must be toxic. You must immediately be a racist. 
and a rapist, especially if you're white. Oh, yeah. So, I know, I'll be a tranny. And also, you know, every single one of these boys' heroes have been removed. You look at every single film in the last five or ten years from Captain America, that shitty Lord of the Rings film uh, that was on Amazon. All of these boys' heroes have been removed. They've all been removed. They've either been replaced with big black guys or they've been replaced with black women or they've been replaced with women. So all of these straight white men in Western countries have no heroes anymore. And then they go, well, why are so many people looking at Andrew Tate? So what did you think would fucking happen? <laughs> what did you think would happen? You've spent 10 years telling them they're assholes. And then some dickhead comes along with bald head and no chin and and tells them that it's okay to be a bloke. And 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 you're shocked why they find that attractive. Of course, they, Andrew Tate's an absolute asshole. But if you haven't given him, he's just seen a gap in the market. Yeah, he's like a G.I. Joe. He's like, oh, shit, this is cool, you know, like. This is revolutionary, you know, like a, a Barbie for boys, you know, like that G.I. Joe, like, wow, this yeah. guy's a real life superhero. He he talks manly things. He's cool. He's there rich with money and uh, women, you know, power, cars. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to be like him, especially when it like awakens that whatever you said, like the manliness in you where you're like, yeah, this this feels right, you know? <laughs> I always think Andrew Tate is like, if you ordered Jordan Peterson on Wish. <laughs> on he's Temu. just like, you know, because he's like, the thing is, is like, uh, like a lot of British schools, they've um, held like um, conferences and assemblies and stuff like that about uh, teaching boys at school how bad Andrew Tate is and have you heard about this? I don't know if I have. I just know, you know, there was a big deal when he was arrested and all that. Like, they were trying to take him down, whoever and, and what was it? The easiest way to do it was to, like, frame him. You know, I, that's what I read, like, on the I don't internet. believe that. I think they brought him down because he's an asshole. Yeah, well, that's and he too. is trafficking women, and he is an asshole. I believe everything that they've got on him is entirely accurate, and he's a prick. But the problem is, is what the in British schools they had all these conversations about Andrew Tate and um, how would you know that telling boys they mustn't watch Andrew Tate. The, the, the problem was with that is that they weren't dealing with why so many boys want to listen to Andrew Tate. And the thing is, most young boys that are watching Andrew Tate, they're not seeing, they're not reading Guardian articles about him sex trafficking young women. They're not reading the reality that he's, you know, using the boyfriend method to manipulate and coerce and abuse young females that are vulnerable probably from poor countries like Eastern Europe um, and Romania. that These young boys are not reading those news articles in The Independent or The Guardian or the BBC or anything. All these young boys see when they scroll through their phones 
is these YouTube shorts or Facebook shorts or TikTok shorts. And you, you got this guy after 10 years they've had saying everything you do as a man, as a straight white man, especially is toxic and evil. You're responsible for slavery. You're misogynistic bastards. Everything you do as a man is evil. And then you've got these 10 second, 20 second, 30 second shorts of someone like Andrew Tate going, look for a high quality woman, have trust in God. It's okay to be strong, work hard, earn lots of money, get a good wife. And, is it, it, and, and that's the message that resonated with kids, we, especially young men. It's mm -hmm. not, it's the message that resonated with young men and boys, especially at school age, it's not to traffic women across Eastern Europe and and porn hub the shit out of them and get them gangbanged by 20 black guys. The message from Andrew Tay was, you know, find a high quality woman, it's okay to be a bloke. And and so that's what they heard and they went, Well, that's really cool. And so many young girls heard that as well. So many young females went oh, well, I'll keep my knickers on then. I don't need to put out men want high-quality women that haven't slept around, so I'm going to stop sleeping around. So actually, as much as I can't stand Andrew Tate, the message that was being received by teenagers especially was actually a positive one, and I really mm -hmm. struggle with that dichotomy in my mind about <laughs> him being a prick and me knowing everything about him. <laughs> and actually, you know, Telling young men and women to, you know, be a high quality woman, don't sleep around, find a good man, and telling men to be good men and work hard and find a good well, woman. So, well, let's say even a broken clock is right <laughs> twice a day, right? But that's exactly <laughs> it, isn't it? Absolutely <laughs> on the money. Yeah, and then I don't know. I'll look at stuff like, you know, we look at the Bible even in general and. It's got a lot of good things in it, but then if you really read into it, it's got a lot of, okay, like, really, you know, like, on the, against the gays or women or... Uh, like what? Like that. Is that, doesn't it have stuff like that? Or am I just reading no, on the No, I've, um, <laughs> so I was, I was a raging atheist. I went to a really strict Roman Catholic school growing up because I'm an Irish I grew up in Swindon and um, my granddad was an Irish immigrant to the UK and I went to a really, really strict Irish Catholic school and in the 90s I was a real social justice warrior and I was, I properly, those people screaming about Palestine on the street now, that was me in the 90s mm -hmm. and I was a proper feminist extremely far left extreme like the lefties that i was a proper communist marxist um the leftiest lefty you could possibly think of if there was a march i'd have been there with no questions asked and i was so uh naughty sister janet my re teacher I wrote this uh, poem in my... I was supposed to write an essay, but I didn't. I wrote a poem, and I remember it to this day. Because <laughs> if I was none, I'd grab a gun, and I'd shoot Sister J in the head, and I'd laugh, and I'd sing, and I'd shoot her again, and I'd giggle again when she's dead. And I really regret writing that. 
<laughs> and that was my RE teacher. So I wasn't allowed to take my religious education GCSE. I was mm. kicked out. I was the massivest, the biggest antichrist, the biggest anti-Christian. I fucking hate it. I would have spat on the Bible 15 years ago. And then... During lockdown, I I always have loads of books around. Uh, my whole house is just books, 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 books. Beautiful. And I always have everything from Sun Tzu to Marcus Aurelius to the Bible, everything. Everything you possibly think of. Um, and if I'm in a uh, time of trouble, I just sort of open a couple of books randomly and see what they tell me. And um, so I, I've, I was always... A little bit spiritual, a bit of a hippie into crystals and joysticks and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And then during lockdown, my eldest daughter, who's now 16, but she was obviously only 14 at the time, 13. And she really struggled with her mental health during lockdown because she's very social like me. And I tried everything with her. I didn't know what to do. We were locked in the house for 11 months. I had a stalker at the time as well. and He was a psychopath. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so none of us could go anywhere or do anything. Their father wasn't interested, never came to the house or anything like that. And mm -hmm. there was one day that I went out to get shopping and I knew she was really struggling with her mental health. And I'd looked through her phone and she'd been Googling how to commit suicide. I just thought, how do I deal with this? I don't know how mm -hmm. to deal with this. I just don't know how to deal with it. I don't know what to do. And um, because of lockdown, all the mental health services were shut down, the doctors were shut down. So I just had nowhere to turn. And I came home one day and I just popped to the supermarket, you know, covered in masks and everything. And I came back and there was still no noise from her room. And I thought, shit, she's done it. She's done it. She's done it. I just know she's done it. There was no noise, and I was like, darling, nothing. And I thought, she's, she's killed herself. And I sat outside her bedroom door for about three hours because I thought, if I ring anyone, if I ring the police or an ambulance or anything, they, they'll take her away, and that's it then. She's gone. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to ring anybody. I thought, I'm never going to tell anybody she's died. I'm just going to keep her here. And I'm just, I don't know what, I did. I wasn't thinking straight. I thought, I don't know what to do. I just don't want anybody to ever take her from me. So um, anyway, it turns out she just slept. <laughs> she's just asleep. She's just being a teenager. <laughs> oh, oh, still, though, that's the longest I'm sure that's the longest bit of time in your oh, life. Right hell. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got all my books out, all my Marcus Aurelius, my son Sue, everybody that I could think of. And I said, look, do what I do. Just look through a book every day. Just let the cards fall where they may. Just open a page. Let, literally let the book fall open. Anyway, whatever happened, I'm sorry. Didn't no, to get no those. worries. No, I, I... <laughs> No, I, um, I'm like with my niece. I I wouldn't know what I'd do if I didn't have my nieces there, you know, to live for. They're, yeah. They're you live for, yeah. Everything. 
Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, I gave her all these books, and whatever happened in that time, she at some point picked up the Bible. She started reading it, and then she was like, "Mum, you've got to read this. It's really have you ever read the Bible?" I was like, "No, not really, not since I was like ten or whatever." She's like, "You've so got to read it. It's fucking ace." I, but I'm I because I love history. I thought. Okay, well, I read it for her sake, and I read it because it's interesting. You know, I've read the Torah, I've read the Quran, I've read the Hadiths, I've read the Old Testament. You know, I'll have a read of it because you know it. Ultimately, it's a historical document, and it's interesting to know how people lived in those days. Mm-hmm. Started reading it, and, and for exactly that reason, I was just really interested. And what struck me was how how similar people are to today. One of the first passages I ever read was the story of Mary and Martha and what it is. So have you heard of Lazarus? Lazarus. Yeah, he came back from the dead. Yeah, that's what got Jesus killed. So Lazarus was like severely disabled uh, guy. He had huge amounts of ailments and he had two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they gave up their entire life to look after their brother. Their parents were dead. And um, uh, uh, there's uh, the story of Mary and Martha is that, like, I can't remember which is which, forgive me, um, but I think it's Mary is like, she's trying to seem, Jesus turns up and to see his mate Lazarus and he's like telling loads of stories and proverbs and he's just like being like preachy and everything and Mary's like busying herself you know trying to look like she's really holy trying to look like she's the best housekeeper in the universe and everything and the other sister Martha she's just sat at the feet of Jesus and she's going like and like, tell me really, tell me loads of really cool stuff, Jesus. And he's like, okay, I've got loads of cool stories. And Mary's like getting about in the background, cleaning and being really bossy and like being really shitty to Martha. Like, you know, lift yourself up and, you know, why aren't you making tea for everyone and everything like that? And in the end, Jesus is like, Mary, you're being a fucking asshole. Just like sit down, chill the fuck out. And fucking listen to the word of God. And she's like, I'm really sorry. But when I read that story, that's like the obviously the bow version of Mary Martha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Very I read funny. that, I thought, how interesting. It's like, that's virtue signaling that we know today, isn't it? That's mm. like people who pretend that they're virtuous and they're cool and their shit don't stink, and that they're wonderful and everything. But actually, they're not. They're just pretending. Mm-hmm. They're just going around cleaning, pretending that they're, that they're virtuous and they're really good Christians and everything, or they're really good Muslims, or they're really good Jews, or they're really good you know, social justice warriors. But the truth is, they're not. And that story really struck me. And then... My daughter said to me, look, mum, I really, she started going to a really, I think it was evangelical church and it's like happy clappy guitars and, you know, mm-hmm. nightclub. It's like a nightclub. 
<laughs> and, and she was um, going to that for a while and she really enjoyed it but she was like there's something missing can like we're Roman Catholic can I go to can you come with me take me to Roman Catholic Church and I said alright but I can't remember the words I haven't been for 20 years like anyway we went in and we were going she loved it immediately like that she just loved it and um, I took it as like I was really interested in the sermons. The we got the priest is fantastic. He's a massive, great big Polish guy. He's about nearly seven foot, built like a brick shit house. Jesus, he's absolutely <laughs> fucking huge. He's the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. He's enormous, and he talks <laughs> like this. And he's like, like when he does the the altar, you know, with the bread and the wine, he's like. This is my blood. <laughs> and it's like, oh, 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 you know, like the count. <laughs> and he's fucking brilliant. And he's really cool. And then you've got the deacon, who's a proper West Country guy like me. And he's like, the difference between knowledge and intelligence is this. He goes, you know, science says tomato is a fruit. But wisdom makes you know you don't put a bloody tomato in a fruit salad. It's that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> so I was going a couple of weeks. I was going, it's probably about six months. And I was going for a really, really, really rough time. I tried to take my own life. I, I was mm. absolutely destitute. I didn't know how to fix any of my problems in my life. and. Um, but my daughter was just like, you need to just ask for help, mum. So I did one day in church and I said, please help me. Please just help me. I just, I'm so lost and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix anything. And I'm just so lost. Please just, if you exist, if you're there, I need you now. I really need you. And I literally held out my hands and I said, please help me. If you're there, I need you, please help me. And I don't know what happened. I can only explain it as a sort of a epiphany. I, I just can't explain it. I can't explain it. I just felt totally engulfed. I can't, I just can't explain it. I can't mm -hmm. explain it. And as somebody who's been an atheist my whole life, I can't explain the feeling I had. I just felt like somebody'd heard me. I, I just can't explain it. I, there are not literally words for me to use to explain what went on that day. And I burst into tears. And my big brother was there. He's 11 years older than me, but. He'd, he's like really into Jordan Pizza and stuff. So he always only classed himself a, as an ethical Christian. Like he liked the values of Christianity, but he wasn't really religious. He's very skeptical and stuff. But he, my daughter roped him in to come in as well. We all just went because we just thought it was a nice thing to do on Sunday. Mm. And, and whatever happened to me in that moment, oh, I just can't explain it. When people say they've had an epiphany, 
they have <laughs> and I just I cannot explain what happened to me and I looked at my big brother and he burst into tears he got it he got it he had had an epiphany too at that moment whatever I can't even remember what had happened and you got I mean, to see my brother, know my brother, to know how ridiculous that is. You know, he uh -huh. like he spent twenty years living in London. He's an English teacher. He teaches. Uh, he, he's director of studies at TEFL, uh, International House in London. It's very liberal, very left wing. He he's just like not religious whatsoever at all. He's the most left-wing he was more left-wing than i ever was but both of us got it that moment i don't know what it is and since then my life has, has changed i mean my life hasn't got easier or better god hasn't like gone right well i'll pay your electricity bill <laughs> and is and i was on the day in the seychelles for two weeks none of that shit i can't explain what's changed but something in my soul I now know I have a soul, and I now know it's connected to something much bigger than me. And if I ask for help, and if I ask for guidance, and if I'm struggling, then I know somebody's listening, and I can't explain why that is. And it might sound ridiculous to other people, and they might talk about sky fairies, and I know all that because I used to be one of those people, but something's changed in my soul. Well, no, and there's that's the whole like concept of religion is miracles, right? That can't be explained, you know. And of course, as the logic or uh, historian, you know, you might be or someone that says they believe in science yeah. wants an wants an explanation for it, but some things are unique to certain people, like yeah. they just happen, and you. You feel them, and, and you said most people want miracles. Like, yeah, play, pay my car bill, pay my house. You know, let me uh, win the lottery. Yeah, yeah, but you you were wholeheartedly opening up your heart and asking for guidance, you, you, for yeah. help. You know, and you felt it. Like it, it, again, it's not like you know uh, something. Just oh, give me give me money or help me find a job or this that it's just i just need your help and yeah you felt it and again it it, it can't be explained and i i understand that it's that's that's something that needs to be understood that there are a lot of things even factually i believe that science can't explain they just say oh we can't we have no idea we have no idea exactly you know? i mean we only I, know about 10 percent of what the brain can do yeah it is crazy that we, you know, a lot of people, and, and I'm not saying, I, I like the, I, I like, you know, I'll read the parts of the Bible that are bad, but just like even what we said about Hitler and all that, um, most of it's bad or some of it's good. It depends on how people Exactly. It, it, what they do with that information. Yeah, yeah. And. Well, look at, you know, look at Hamas now with the Israel conflict. You know, Christians, Muslims, and Jews all believe in the same God. This is what so many people don't realize, is that everybody believes in the same God, whether they're Muslim, Jew, or Christian. Mm -hmm. And 
so it just it's a, it kind of seems a little bit ridiculous that we're all pontificating and arguing over over the same bit of land. Um, but you know, but what I find interesting is that you know if you're a Christian today now, people will very easily call you an asshole. Oh, you're a dickhead. What on earth do you believe in that shit for? Sky fairies. Why do you believe in a sky fairy? <laughs> Fucking, there's no proof. It's a load of bollocks. Blah, blah, blah. But then as soon as a Muslim goes, yeah, well, I'm just going to, like, invade Israel and, like, cut the feet off children and gang rape because because of Allah, the same God. Everyone goes, oh, well, that's, that's a really worthy cause. Like, God be with you. <laughs> why are you supporting Muslims? This all the same. But if I say I go to church on a Sunday, I'm an asshole. Where we pray for everyone, we pray for everyone in the Holy Land, whether they're Palestinian or Israeli or whatever. But I'm an asshole. But you're okay with like Jews or Muslims? It, it there is a really weird double standard, like Christians. Christians can be Christians can be openly chastised. And and I say that knowing that this week, the last three weeks, Jews have been openly chastised. It's so crazy though, because I you know, even me, I'm not the smartest guy, you know, like and that's a war that I'm sure uh it, it affects me in some way. But I don't know it. It's one of those. Well, I got bills to pay. My own life to worry about. But, yeah. but um, I feel like there's a clear cut bad, bad side and a clear cut good side. But it's like equally split down the middle. Oh, these people have their reasons, and these people have their reasons. Yeah, but it's tough because everybody's picking a team, and like having been like a massive lefty for so long. I, I, you know, the amount of pro-Palestine marches I've been on is nobody's business. And, you know, and I very much believed for a very, very long time that Zionism was toxic and cruel and that the Palestinians needed to have their own land and the Arabs needed to have their own. I was very much very, very pro-Palestine. And to some extent, I still am. When I see images of children that have been bombed uh, i mean it's horrific it, I, I i literally cried last week when all of the images were coming out i literally cried until i physically vomited i'm so upset seeing these poor children it's the children that breaks my heart and i don't care what nationality or race or religion anybody is if i see children harmed it just absolutely breaks my entire heart it really does and i don't yeah. care where they're from and the truth is because uh, and this is the problem is that because i've always been very pro-palestine i've always because everybody has a natural bias so all of the historical information i have ever looked at has always been very pro-palestinian it's always been like very critical of like the way the British dealt with everything in 1917, um, and then uh, how they dealt with everything in 1958, 
and stuff like that. And I've always, and you know, when being a lefty, I'm, I'm ashamed to say, I joined in with conversations about, you know, Zionists this and the Jews run everything, they control the media and all that sort of stuff. And I was that side of things. So it's been quite a journey for me the last couple of weeks because, you know, the reality is there is no justification for what Hamas did on the 7th of October, you mm. know. If they had, if Hamas had stormed the gates and they had taken over military outposts and stuff like that, and you know tried to take control of Israel via their military, I would have had hundred percent sympathy for them. I would have thought, yeah, I get that. I get why you want to do that, but it's very complicated. But to to torture and rape and abuse and and kidnap and do the things they did that's beyond that's not that's not a revolution that's that's barbaric yeah and then that's to be pr proud of it barbaric mm -hmm. the way they're I, I proud of proud of it too and I know it. that's the thing. And, and like, the, I don't know what the American media is like, but the British media have absolutely refused to show any of the footage. I remember, because I wake up about, I wake up about half past four, five o'clock in the morning. And so I looked at my phone, and obviously at that time in the morning, it, everything was just happening. And so there was videos of, like, the music festival and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. being massacred it was being live streamed all the horrific videos i've seen were videos that hamas posted themselves but i'll never i will never forget there's two things i will never forget that young girl maybe about 15 16 hands tied behind her back her hands were bleeding her knees were bleeding so she, and her backside was bleeding so she had clearly been gang raped Mm -hmm. or sodomized or something they dragged her out the car by her hair at the back of the car and then they threw her in, in, in the back seat of the car excitedly screaming God wouldn't want that who are you talking about No. why are you screaming God is great God wouldn't want that but who are you talking about that's not God, God doesn't want that God would not want a 15 year old child violently gang raped and sodomized and thrown in the back of the car and tortured you, you know why are you screaming Ali Akbar? you're a fucking hypocrite you disgust it you're using god's name in vain and then there was the man he's actually from ireland but he lives in the kibbutz in israel and his little girl emily and i've made it a point to remember emily's name because she has to she has to exist and she has to be remembered and he said he, how happy he was to find out she was dead. Because had she just been held hostage, God knows what would happen to her. You know, there's recounts of um, an eight-year-old child. My, daughter, my youngest child is eight. And he, one of the Hamas fighters, live-streamed himself raping um, an eight-year-old child to her father. He live-streamed it. 
you know, you don't need to do that's not a revolution. That's not no. that's just but you're just a fucking nutcase. You're just evil. And but then equally, you know, Hamas got into power over Fatah in about two thousand and six. So the average age of men in in Gaza is about seventeen. So that's seventeen years. That's all these young men have ever heard. That's all they've ever heard is that Jews are pigs, do what you want to them, butcher them, torture them, break them. So not that I'm empathetic with the Hamas fighters that carried out atrocities, but to learn is to understand and to understand that these young men who've heard nothing but Jews are pigs, you know, fuck them, kill them, torture them. They're nothing. They're less than human. They're less than animals. Of course, what happens on the 7th of the 10th? Of course that's going to happen. If, you, if, if, if your average age of men is 17, and you've been in power for 17 years. And you can understand... And see, we can understand that. We can almost, you know, like, not empathize with it because it's horrible. It's not empathy but... and it's not justification, but it, unless you start to understand it, you'll never change it. But then to, we understand that, but then we have the people here who are still like pro Palestine, and that's what kind of trips me out the most. And they're the people like those, the poster, the the people tearing down posters of children, and they're it's almost like a parody like are you real are you satire where it's like oh we're pro-life for palestine yeah yeah and it's really good point yeah it's it's almost like is this a joke like or are you serious because like you said with those 17 year olds that's all they learned that's all they were brought up for yeah you can kind of excuse their behavior yeah because they've grown up in the gaza strip under hamas they've Mm -hmm. been bombarded with that information. Yeah, they were programmed to become that. Exactly. You know? But to think that there's people in westernized countries that think that way too. Yeah. They justify it. It's it's it, you it's you can't understand it. Like how how, you know? Do you know what's really weird is that like for about two weeks before um seventh of the tenth happened my Twitter timeline and my Facebook feed was absolutely bombarded with images of Jews spitting on the crucifix, screaming at Christians, having to go at Christians, spitting at Christians, attacking Christians. My uh, 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 um, Speeches in synagogues saying that they want to destroy all Christians. And so my timeline before the 7th of the 10th on Every single social media platform was absolutely constant about how much Jews hate Christians. And I fell for it. I started to feel really annoyed with Jews. Mm -hmm. And now I wonder whether that was deliberate. 
who was controlling that. This idea yeah. that Zionists and Jews controlled the media and social media were clearly is not true because yeah, we've, they, no, they, we've seen over the nearly nearly three weeks this Saturday. If yeah. the Jews controlled the media, then I don't think they'd shoot themselves in the foot like this, you know. No way. Um, yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, we were obviously guided sort of that direction. It's it's scary the way the media guides it, and but then also like like how we're talking about where some you know it's guiding us to slowly hate the Jews or whatever, and then this happens with the killing of children, and we're able to say whoa whoa like. I know we, I didn't really like the Jews, but there's no sense for this. Like you never want this to happen. It should never happen. But then a lot of people are still, you know, falling for it. Like, well, they deserve it. Look at what, yeah, what they do. Last, you know, it, it's just weird. I don't know. It, it, it's I've fallen out people... with a lot of people. I gotta be honest. I've fallen out with a lot of people that um, are friends. That I care about. Over, over this. I don't know. More to me, so than I fell out about people over COVID and stuff like that. When when you involve kids in it, it, it I'm I'm from I'm from uh you know Texas and I'm actually from I don't know if you heard about the Uvalde shootings. Yeah. The, the kids. I'm from that town. I, I grew up there, and um, you know, hearing that and it happened and my niece is around that age, it really like it, it changed Wait, me. Do too. you know anyone? That- died in that i know one of my childhood friends his daughter uh was a victim in that and See, that, that avaldi was a prime example of that it was a horrific tragedy horrific i remember watching it and i remember the parents going why would you say to the police officers why wouldn't you fucking go in mm-hmm. right if you don't want to go in give me your fucking gun and i'll fucking go in mm-hmm and then they were threatening to arrest parents that wanted to go in. Mm-hmm. And the whole fucking thing was absolutely disgusting. And the minute it turned out that the shooter was trans, everything's gone silent. You know, to I... this day, mm-hmm. we talk about Columbine. Everyone knows Columbine. You mm-hmm. talk about shooting innocent primary school children. Yeah, they can't defend themselves but at because all. Because the shooter was transgender, everyone's gone totally quiet about it. Everyone's gone totally and utterly fucking quiet. Did you know the shooter was transgender? I don't know in Uvalde. I know there was another shooting where that... No, the Uvalde no was... shooter was transgender. Mm. I just know he had... So you don't even know about that. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah. That is why it went quiet. That's why it went quiet. And then also, you know, the parents going straight to, you know, wanting, you know, stricter gun laws. And what was it like Ted Cruz telling him right in the face? No, I'm not going to help you out with that. It's like, dude, you're telling the people that lost their children. Yeah, because if I'd had a fucking gun, I'd have been Sarah Connor in my shit out of that place. Mm -hmm. I'd have been Sarah Connor. I'd have been fucking in there. I'd have been shooting the fuck out. Absolutely everybody until I found my fucking child. Mm-hmm. And that's why they don't want people to have guns. 
And then I'd, be, was, I'd be absolutely mental if somebody had. I, I how those parents ever got over that? I don't know. I mean, it's only been a year. I don't think they have. I, I wouldn't. You, you, all you could do is. I don't know. You, I couldn't imagine losing a child. You know, I, I don't have, I have a child. I have my nieces. But I can't imagine losing them in that manner. Where it's like, why didn't you help them? You had the time. Yeah. And then uh, I think who ended up did coming in was like a border patrol agent was yeah. the one who ended up coming in and killing the shooter. Like he went in. So they waited like an hour for backup for one person, a kid, you know, with a, I don't know. It, but, but that, that to me is an example of like the, the media or the people not caring, even if children die anymore, you know, like I feel yeah, like. Yeah, but Palestinian children will get mm -hmm. on the streets. <laughs> it's but there is because we love them mm -hmm. we let them get away with this shit that's the problem is that, is that you know all of these western countries are founded on christian ideology all of these western countries all of the most successful countries in the world from europe to the uk america and australia new zealand they were all right, I absolutely admit that the way they were founded was abhorrent, 100%. You know, a colonization and slavery and all of those things were absolutely horrific. But all of those countries that maintained Christian values have done better than every other country in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, this idea that you have to constantly turn the object. What about where I'm fucking offended? I'm fucking offended. You know, the whole, the whole fucking planet, excuse my French, I'm swearing a lot tonight. <laughs> but, um, you know, George Floyd, who was a career criminal, he was known to have broken into a black, pregnant black woman's house with his friends. And he held a gun, his mates held a gun to her pregnant stomach, tied her to a chair, and then robbed her fucking house. What a bastard! Mm -hmm. What an absolute piece of shit. And then he goes to a, a Muslim-owned store, and he uses counterfeit money to screw them over, so they go without money. And then when the, when the Muslim store owners called the police he had all of the fentanyl he had on him or whatever drugs he had on him and then died this is all coming out now but this was known this was known a year ago this was known two years ago this was known just after it happened from his autopsy the amount of fentanyl and cocaine and everything he had in him yet we all stood back and we watched all of our countries burn to the fucking ground. Our statues toppled. Even in the UK, we had our statues pulled down. We had our statues desecrated. Um, all for some black guy that nobody... That was a total asshole. It's not like he was a nice black guy. It's not no. like he was a nice black guy that did loads of nice stuff for us. It wasn't like he was just like, 
some black guy that you know was do out doing sh some shopping for an old lady that he knows and stuff. Yeah, it's like, not he like was, he's a nice guy. He was like a cunt. Like he's Mister Rogers or something. The well, exactly, he was an asshole. Yeah, just total and utter asshole. And the whole of the UK and America, Belgium, everybody burnt their fucking cities to the ground in honor of this asshole. And the irony was, what made me laugh, well, it didn't make me laugh, it's a tragic irony, but in um, Belgium, they tore down um, effigies and statues of King Leopold, and they filmed themselves doing it on their mobile phones. King Leopold took over the Congo, and in the Congo, he did absolutely the atrocities that was carried out on people, Congolese people, was absolutely horrific. I mean, any child caught, they were forced into famine. They were forced into the most atrocious living conditions. And any, even a kid that was caught stealing bread to feed his family, had his hands cut off. You know, the things that King Leopold had done and did do himself were absolutely horrific in the Congo. But the Congo today is the largest lithium and cobalt mining country in the world, which supplies everybody with their mobile phones, their laptops, their <laughs> tablets, everything. <laughs> and so there was all these like left-wing social justice warriors pulling down statues of King Leopold in Belgium filming themselves on devices that are created purely off of modern-day slavery in the Congo. Children as young as three years old in the Congo are having to mine the most horrific mines possible that you, can, you can't even imagine it. Imagine it. Children as young as three years old and they're up to their armpits in arsenic, all sorts of horrific... They're brutalised, they're beaten, they're starved, they're raped. And, and all these social justice warriors are filming themselves on their electronic devices, pulling down a statue of King Leopold against slavery. It's like, well, if there wasn't slavery in the Congo, my lovely, you wouldn't have a fucking phone to be filming this on. You mm -hmm. hypocritical dickheads. All of them. They piss me off. They make me want to spit. And what do you think like this is the reason for like the way these these it's not just kids i feel like it's it's kids it's some adults too like is it that we don't have enough like problems that they need to create these uh problems to protest or do they want to like be a part of a change but they don't care what it is i don't know like, yeah it's just ideology i think you know, and I, and I used to be one of them, and I, that's what frustrates me, is I used to be one of them, so I know how they think. Mm -hmm. And the reason they scream so loud is they don't want you to say anything that you might hear that might challenge their ideas. That's why they scream and shout. Mm -hmm. That's why they're so loud, because mm -hmm. you might say something. I used to do it. I used to speak over people all the time. Because God fucking forbid they might say something I don't want to hear and I might have to consider it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't yeah. 
uh, and it goes back to what I was saying about the universities earlier. Is they teach you what to think for four years. I don't know. This this world is. Uh, I I don't know. It, it. Do you think there's any? I'm gonna end with like this question to you because uh, I know we've been going on, but I love uh, you know hearing your your thoughts. Yeah, on I love it. No. talking to you. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it very much. Uh, do you think like there's any hope for <laughs> the the world? Like, or do you think like AI is gonna kill us? Aliens? Uh, the climate? or just the war like do you really think there's any hope the way things are going or just to get, they're just going to get worse you know now was a christian right so if mm -hmm. you need read um matthew 24 i cannot i mean it's so accurate it's so accurate there will be lightning from the east. There will be lightning from the west. Everybody's going to say they're offended. Um, even like talking about the raptures with Jezebel, you know, Jezebel was a woman that pretended she was a high priestess, but actually all she did was encourage people to be um, over the top sexual. You look at people like Beyonce and, stuff like that now they mm -hmm. go oh i'm a christian and i love god and but actually she's just encouraging people to screw around and have abortions and mm -hmm. you know there's part of me like even if there isn't a god maybe you know and we we can kind of t time travel now like if you go around if you get a fast enough plane and go the opposite way around the planet <laughs> we can technically time travel uh-huh was Jesus, were the apostles time travellers from like a few months from now and they went back and they tried to tell us? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we see this every time. We saw it in Eastern Europe, the rise of the communists. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough. I think, I think the best thing, you know, like, whether you believe in God or not, I think the best thing everybody can do is start going back to church just to find their ethical grounding. Um, there's a lot of people like yourself that go, well, you know what, I have misconceptions that, you know, somebody I'm really good friends with on Twitter has been great friends with me for years. And it's like, oh, the Bible's misogynistic and it's oppressive and it's this. It's like, no, it's not. Jesus's best friend was a, fucking prostitute you know we worship mm -hmm. mother mary um there's a lot of misconceptions about the bible and i think there's so much right you can absolutely you can absolutely remove the church and you can absolutely remove god from the bible entirely like if you don't believe in god and you don't believe in the church remove that that's absolutely fine and you can still read at least, well, there's the New Testament that's 2,000 years old. And then you've got the Old Testament that's four, at least four to 6,000 years old. Mm -hmm. And it's people that have, like, done this shit. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it. You know, people are going to be people. People are always going to behave the same. People mm -hmm. are always going to be tribal. People are always going to have the same arguments. You know, if I watch... 
Made in Chelsea or The Only Way is Essex, and I watch Real Housewives of New Jersey, or if I watch Real Housewives of New York, or if I watch Real Housewives of New Zealand, there every everybody, whether I watch a soap opera from Azerbaijan or a soap opera from America or a soap opera from the UK, people are going to people. Mm-hmm. All of the subjects that come up constantly are the same arguments, they're the same conflicts, the same arguments, the same, this is mine, that's yours, that's my boyfriend, that's your boyfriend, you said this, I don't like it. They're all the same arguments. And, I, you know, I look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, especially in the New Testament, and I think, you know, even if you if you remove God, if you remove the, the church, if you remove Christianity or Judaism or Islam, even if you read the Torah or the Quran or the Hadith or the Hamath, you will see that going back thousands of years, everybody has the same arguments about the same fucking shit over and over and over again and it doesn't matter what part of the world they come from what they believe in everybody has the same fucking arguments and Mm. even if you remove religion you look at stalin and mao who killed 130 million people after removing religion because they all had the same human propensities to behave like cunts that's just human nature And it's not even human nature. You look at animals. They're very tribal. They have their packs. They have their... There used to be a program in the UK called Meerkat Manor, and it was just like they just documented and followed these meerkats for about 10 years. Everybody was gripped to it. It was like nobody missed Meerkat Manor. It was like one of the largest, biggest viewed programs in British history was Mm -hmm. Meerkat Manor. And just watching all of these, like, social, uh, tribal, border arguments that all of these these meerkats as mammals had, you know, like one meerkat, she went off, she had sex with a meerkat from another tribe. And fucking, they were horrible to her. They beat her up and, you know, mammals are going to mammal. (laughs) <laughs> people are gonna people and we're all wasting when what's happened with christianity is that everybody's thrown the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. and they've gone i don't believe in god pedophile priests in the catholic church and you know and they found all these reasons to hate christianity but if you actually just go back to the bible even if you forget about god this is an incredible manual on how not to be a cunt And if everybody just read it and tried their very hardest not to be a cunt and just followed the book, every all of these arguments would stop. They would. They really would. But we all have to try. But it doesn't really matter what ideology you follow, whether it's communism, Marxism, Islam, Christianity, Judaism, whatever. Unless you're committed to trying to be the very best person you can be and mm-hmm. trying to make your your family good, make your children good, make your community good, make your town good, your village good, your city good, unless you're prepared to be involved and, and 
you set an example and be the very best person you can be, nothing's ever going to change. And it doesn't matter what ideology you have or what beliefs you have, unless unless you're really committed to try and... You, you, like, being an apostle, like we talk about Jesus and the apostles, all being an apostle means is that you spread the word of peace and love and forgiveness and try and spread the word of being the very try and be the very best person you can be and the more people you can get that's that's the theory it's like that's the theory behind christianity and having the apostles is um the uh what's the bloody word you know when you drop a pebble in water and it ripples out the ripples Mm -hmm. that's what being an apostle is you don't have to be one of jesus's 13 mates you just have to take that belief, live it, be the best person you can possibly be. So every Sunday when you go to church, you go, what mistakes have I made in the last week? Where have I been an absolute arsehole? Could I have dealt with anything better? Can I be a better person? And so then you think about the week ahead and think, all right, what lessons did I learn from last week? Going forward in the week ahead, can I be kinder? Can I be gentler? Can I keep my mouth shut? Is Do I really need to say everything that comes into my head? Can I help someone that needs me? That's my week ahead. What can I do to be a better person than I was last week? It's like people think that being a Christian is that you're all perfect and you're wonderful and Christians all think they're wonderful. No, it's not. Christians all know that they're absolutely full of sin. And we have to strive every week, every day, every hour to try and be better than what was before. It's like you're covered in filth, you're dirty, and you get into a shower and you're cleansed. And you go, and that's what church is for me on a Sunday. And you go, okay, I'm cleansed now. I've, I've, I've had a good think about what an asshole I was this week. Did I scream at my kids? Was I not particularly nice to the woman at the petrol station? All I was. And yeah. next week, I'm going to try really hard to be better. And if we all just took those little steps and all just tried to be a little bit better, kinder to everyone around us, no, then it, everything would be good. I, I love the... I, I love the idea of that, but I feel like people aren't honest enough to No, do... they're not. Yeah, that they'll they'll say, Oh, did you uh do anything wrong this week? No, I was a perfect person. Or try to weigh out the mistakes they make by you know you know how people like, oh, they'll do bad people things. People deflect. All week. Yeah. They'll do bad yeah, well, things. Yeah, but I only all did week. that because you hurt me, or I only did that because you well, it doesn't but fuck them. Don't matter what. That your journey is your journey. Mm-hmm. Are you a good person? Do you admit when you've made mistakes? Are you happy to own? Start leading by example. It's okay to say I'm wrong. I made a mistake. I've been out of order this week. Mm-hmm. Contacting a friend and saying I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. I'm really sorry. And they go, don't worry about it. You go, well, I oh, know, but I just needed to say I'm sorry. I shouldn't have spoken to you. Like that. Or there's um, the person that, you know, does the bad things through the week and then gives a 
$20 at the donation instead of 10 Like, oh, you know, I, I feel better now <laughs> doing that. Yeah, they film themselves doing something good rather than actually being good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I like, I love the idea of, because I've always thought that too, like, even just looking at the Ten Commandments, religion should be just treat others the way you want to be treated. Hundred you know, percent. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. But even that, uh, just those Ten Commandments should be enough. But people are, like you said, they're mammals. We're animals. We're savages. I don't know. We. Yeah, there is a massive difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I think if you read the New Testament, you'd enjoy mm -hmm. it. You got to think of. Um, the New Testament is like, like I see Jesus as this really fucking cool bastard, like a bit of, um, <laughs> like probably really fucking sexy and like loads with of the, charisma with the abs and everything. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know, fucking flip flops till tomorrow. Really sexy, full of charisma, probably got a gorgeous smile. Mm -hmm. That's how I see him, and he just goes up to people and, and they're like. I didn't do nothing wrong, Gov. And it's like, yeah, you did, didn't you? And they go, <laughs> yeah, I did a bit. He goes, well, that's okay. Because you've admitted it now. We can, like, deal with that. <laughs> that's why he's so cool. Mm -hmm. He's so fucking cool. If you read the New Testament and you just read about Jesus, start from probably Matthew if you're going to start. There's some, on YouTube, there's some really good, like, you know, um, Suchet, David Suchet, who did Poirot with stuff. Maybe that's never hit America. But um, if you just, if you see him as this, like, really cool fucking maverick, getting about in flip-flops, having a go at everyone. Because he, he does, he's having a go at the Jew, not the Jewish people, but he's having a go at the priests. And they're all fucking loaded. And they're all... Typical people, it's not about them being Jewish, it's about them being human beings. And mm -hmm. they get these positions of power in their synagogues and everything. And all of a sudden, it's all about money and it's not about God anymore. So Jesus turns up and he goes, you're a bunch of fucking hypocrites. You're a bunch of fucking hypocrites. And you're just taking loads of money off poor people. And you're a bunch of fucking cunts. So that's why the Pharisees had him killed. Because it's a bit like... Like, I'm not in any way comparing Trump to Jesus. Mm -hmm. But that's what people do over and over again. Trump started going, I'm going to call out the Chinese. I'm going to call out the who. I'm going to call out, you know, Fauci. I'm going to call out all these people. So what, did, what have they done? They've dragged him through the courts. They've cancelled him. They've ransacked his house. They've treated it. It's what's always been done throughout time from Jesus to <laughs> Trump, and I hate to compare Trump to Jesus because I don't <laughs> like Donald Trump at all. But I don't like Donald Trump. But and that's what always happens. You know, anyone that calls out the people in control, the people making money from the poor, they get destroyed every time. Mm -hmm. Every single time. And I like Jesus, he's cool. And the weird thing is that all of the socialists that are screaming about, you know, free Palestine and that and trans and minorities this and minorities that and everything. It's like, actually, if you read the Bible, you'd fucking love Jesus. He's like them. Jesus is probably the biggest, most famous socialist on earth. 
he thinks everything should be shared equally, that there shouldn't be rich and poor, that there shouldn't be sick while people lavish in gold class synagogues. That's not what yet. he said. Why are you so rich and they're so poor? Why? You, what's going on here? That's not right. That's not mm -hmm. fair. How's that fair? Why have they got no vote and they're working 12 hours a day harvesting wheat for you and you're fucking loaded? So Jesus was a massive fucking communist, if you look at it that way. <laughs> he was a proper fucking red flag waving commie in sandals. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just none of them have read the Bible, so they just piss all over it. Mm -hmm. yeah, and actually, it was more Marxist than Marx. At least he was fucking. At least he was giving wine to everyone. Let's be honest. <laughs> wine and bacon sandwiches. Fuck you, Muslims and Jews. We got wine and bacon sandwiches. <laughs> and pork chops and sausages. I no wonder pork. we're happier. <laughs> exactly. That's what I always say. But no, that's a, I, I'd love to end on that because I know we've had an emotional uh, time today and I really appreciate your uh, take on everything. <laughs> you, you were so great to talk to. No, it was very nice to have you on. And uh, yeah, I hope to uh, have you on again. You're, you're just an amazing person to listen to. I, I love uh, your takes on everything, your knowledge, and... Uh, I hope things, you know, I'm glad they're at a good place for you. I hate that you had to go through, you know, the troubles that you did. But obviously, you know, uh, you had to and it made you stronger. And I hope you only continue to get stronger. Like, you know, because you. Uh, Do you know, it. I think you're an incredibly wonderful person. I try. <laughs> Let's say that. I. Try to not oh, be my, I think you're mother, absolutely my mother's lovely, son. and I'm so pleased I did today. <laughs> you know, I'm very uh, pleased too that you were on today, and uh, yeah, I'll definitely, you know, whenever you do have time again, have you on, and we could talk anytime. Yeah, no, I'd love just hearing about your uh, your thoughts and helping me out because I, you know, I have my opinions too, but I'm more like you said that I'm that laid back cut where I'm like. Uh, Nah, you know, does this really affect me? And then it's like, oh, wait, no, this kind of does, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to uh, have you on the day. It was a pleasure. And, yeah, I hope nothing but the best for you. Oh, um, you're lovely. You're a really lovely man. <laughs> thank you so much. And uh, tell my mom that. No, nah, uh, thank you. <laughs> and we'll, Never uh, mind, Dad. She doesn't realize what she's lost. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on, and uh, yeah, we'll see everyone later.